Okay, here we go. Good morning, everyone. Uh, welcome to Combat Files, another episode of Combat Files. And I have a really exciting guest with me today. His name is Tim Foster, um, and he and I uh, cut our cloth in the same industry. Um, Tim is the uh, founder and owner of the Yummy Pub Company. Um, welcome, Tim. Good morning. Good morning. Uh, I'm going to actually allow you to introduce yourself uh, for those listeners who don't know you. <laughs> okay, cool. Um, I'm one of three uh, founders. There's three of us that own Yummy. Uh, we started in 2007 um, by selling pretty much everything that we owned and hocked everything possible uh, and bought the lease on a 15th century mill with a 26 acre lake. Uh, we decided to, to go for it and buy the mansion house as opposed to going for the flat first on our journey. Um, we stood outside of it for four days uh, saying to customers that they uh, needed to come back because of all sorts of complications with the solicitors and, uh, and buying it from the, the chap we bought it from. Um, and we've been on an incredible learning journey uh, in business for, for 12 years. So uh, we moved up to six sites um, just over two years ago. Uh, and then uh, exactly two years ago, bar the day, it was yesterday, uh, we had a massive fire at our flagship site, which is in between Euston and St Pancras. Uh, we trended above Beyonce um, in, on Twitter, which is one of our claims to fame. Uh, we shut Euston uh, Station. We had 72 fire officers, uh, 10 engines. We were the second largest fire since Grenfell. Um, and uh, we got the, the pub handed back to us at 6 a.m. Uh, the following day, looked at one another and said, right, uh, we better crack on them. So uh, and, and now we've gone into COVID. So uh, the journey, the journey has been interesting. So as part of that, we decided to exit two sites. Um, weren't really we couldn't make one work. And we've been trying to make one work for over 10 years and, and we hadn't kind of cracked it. So uh, we started to dispose of those um, and we were going on a disposal. Uh, route to then reset the business into a freehold business um, because despite the fire, uh, despite everything that went on, we managed to actually buy the freehold of the wire mill uh, last year whilst we were kind of navigating our way out, out of the fire, um, which uh, then allowed us to basically kind of proof ourselves for the for the future. So, um, yeah, crisis management is probably yeah. a good way of describing yeah. uh, Yummy Pubco at the moment. Yeah. Uh, a claim to fame, I think. More than <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, 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 nobody should need that claim to fame. <laughs> yeah. If you can avoid it, avoid it. Yeah, um, yeah I get that. Yeah. Um, and you know what? Uh, you know, I wanted to really brief, uh, briefly skim over the, the, the business side of things because, you know, it's been quite well documented over the um, COVID period. You've been, you know, obviously posting on a regular basis. Again, just for the listeners' sake, um, you know, what are the, really quickly, what are the measures you've taken to su survive and thrive? Uh, we made the call to kind of have a, <clears throat> a parachute plan. Um, so we started having meetings when uh, Cobra was set up. So we used video conferencing in the business for a while now. So we were having a regular kind of meeting between the three of us and just coming up with different plans. And kind of talking to our accountants that would we would we essentially have to walk away from the London business um, and just to protect the wire mill. So ultimately it was to protect the freehold, it was to protect the future. And because we'd gone through the issues with the Summerstown, you know, at the time of the Summerstown fire, we lost, we were going to lose the whole business. You know, it was, it was, it was entirely gone. So we'd no, we made no provisions for the future. 
um, which was a bit silly. We were kind of trading day by day, week by week, month by month. And we were building this this great business, but we kind of didn't have any foundations in place um, and it could all just disappear. So um, we made the call to, to protect the mill. Um, so I had uh, Anthony stayed in London to shut down the London sites. Um, Jason was with me at the wire mill uh, and our plan was to, to basically do a click and collect grocery shop. Uh, we saw the supermarkets crumbling. We knew we still had supply chain coming through, so we decided to create a shop, um, which was amazing. Um, incredible learning experience, totally different. Um, you know, we took a essentially a fish and chip shop online system and uh, converted it into the shop. Um, and um, yeah, taking pictures of food out on the lake and you know, understanding the price of cauliflower going from 80p to £3.40, but we'd already sold 50 of them. Um, and it was just incredible. And also just to experience the supply chain crashing, you know, and when we shut, I think a lot of people keep on talking, even today, pubs, 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 restaurants, 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 yeah. nobody's talking about the supply chain yeah. that have to be there. You know, yeah. I think you can just do this and we're going to turn on if the supply chain hadn't started to roll the dice like we know they have in the last couple of weeks, there's no hope in hell we'd be able to open. So, yeah, you know, the, the touch points of the industry go far reaching. Um, and we wanted to protect we wanted to protect those people as much as we could. Uh, we have you know there's three golden rules. We don't have um, mission, missions or mission statements or things to put on the wall. It's people, people, people. It's our people, our guests, our suppliers, and that's how we've always run Yummy. So um, yeah, it was all about the people and protecting people. So we didn't even know that furlough was going to kick in. You know they didn't announce that until the Friday. So all of our plans were how could we create a business that could sustain at least trying to pay some of our people. Um, and then we did uh, started doing delivery at the two London sites with um, a delivery concept, and that's been quite interesting learning lessons on that. Uh, and we um, began cooking meals for homeless. Uh, the London Mayor of London basically went in and swept up all of the homeless in London. So five and a half thousand homeless people were picked up uh, by all the councils over a period of about five or six days, uh, put into hotels that we would normally have foreign guests visiting. Uh, those hotels look amazing online, uh, but then when you get there, uh, you just look and go, hang, hang, on, hang on a minute, am I in the, am I in the same place? Uh, so they don't have um, F&B facilities, they, they don't have kitchens. So we, we got a message from Greg, only payment away, who we've been working with uh, for the last 18 months or so to say, has anybody got a kitchen that we could use to, to cook? Um, we, we found these, you know, these homeless people in, in this hotel. So Anthony uh, bounced back an email and said, look, you know, we're nowhere near Pimlico, but hey, if, if we can help, we can help. We've got the guys volunteering to stay in sites um, so that we kind of had the security protected. I'm sure if we went to them and said, would you like to volunteer, they would all step up. Uh, and now uh, he's created uh, this kind of, not business because it's not making any money, but kind of this this system and, and um, kind of operation. Uh, and they're doing 375 meals a day Wow, um, and we're part of a group that are producing thirty-four thousand meals a week, wow. um, which has just come from literally yeah. nowhere. So, yeah. yeah, it's been it's been you know pretty fascinating to be yeah. to be part of that. And I call myself a visitor to that side of it. You know, I've I've left that alone. The guys have done that. Anthony's led it, and and the team at Summerstown have done it. And I just pop in and say hi every now and then, and pick up some beer that I've been donating to to different hospitals. I've seen, I've seen. So yeah, we've done a beer tuck shop, free beer for the NHS. So 
just try to have a few distractions to have some fun and just do some good. Um, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. Try and try and make the best of the situation, really. Yeah, and as as I said, it, it is it's been very well documented by yourself. I mean, you your business was also mentioned on the daily briefings by the government. Um, you know, so you you've clearly uh, sort of made an impact. Um, what's really uh, because I I was part of supply chain for thirty years. I, I was supplying to people like yourself. So um, I was really heartened to see uh, on one of your posts you mentioned that you actually paid your suppliers. You managed to achieve that, which is a phenomenal achievement under the current circumstances uh, yeah. to be able to do that, which is, you know, hats off to you guys. Really yeah, impressive. We've, we've paid them first. You know, we, we say as directors, we've, we're not on the, where well, we are on the PAYE system for furlough, but it's a tiny amount of money. And, you know, as a director, you make that decision based on, on the um, contributing factors with, with that. Uh, in hindsight, I wish I'd gone on the payroll. Um, so, uh, you know, we, we, we haven't taken a salary now for 14 weeks. So it's putting us wow. under huge, huge personal yeah. pressure. Um, and, yeah, we've, we've got to get a size trading to get paid, basically. So yeah. Yeah, we've, yeah. we've taken a massive, massive hit. But it was important um, to, yeah, like I say, the three, you know, the three rules we sit back of the queue in regards to that. Yeah. Uh, before I move on, I just wanted to um, uh, describe how you describe yourself in LinkedIn um, as the leader of a band of misfits. <laughs> this is true. It's ch changing, changing over time. But, um, yeah, we, again, you know, when you're a small company worth at Carlsberg um, for, for nearly 10 years and loved it, loved the, the kind of the ethos of the business. And so when you went to Copenhagen and you really good, began to understand the company and get into the actual fabric of the company, the beer didn't matter. You know, it didn't matter if somebody liked it or didn't like it or thought it was 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 rubbish. It was all about the ethics and the, the sort of ethos of the company. So when we started out, you know, we were called a ridiculous name when we first started. We were called Bar Hub Limited. You know, and we used to ring suppliers and they'd go, oh, what's, what's the name of the company? You go, Bar Hub Limited. I'll, I'll spell it for you. Um, and we literally got about 18 months in and I just, you know, Anthony said to me, this, I was doing my head in, the logo's rubbish. Um, we had this whole big plan about all these different things we could do with the pub. And uh, we had a, there were four of us originally. Well, there were three of us originally, then four, because Jason joined and then Colin stepped back. And he was technical. So he was a, um, a technical um, kind of beer lines and everything. We were going to do all sorts of things, festivals, you yeah. name it. We, you know, we were doing a lot. And then actually started trying to run a pub together. And went, wow, I don't think we're going to be doing too many things. So um, Yummy just, you know, came came from nowhere. Um, and we just wanted to liven up and have a bit of fun so we can create our own job titles. No, no, you know, I pretty much change them every week, really. Um, Head of Awesome stuck for the for the length of time it has, just because, so, because it has. Um, I was Head of Foresight at one time. It would have been good to have been that for, yeah. for COVID. Yeah. Um, yeah. It, and, it, it gives um, yeah. it a little bit of a chuckle, to be honest with you, when you, when you read it. So, yeah, totally. It's, it's, and, it's quite funny. Yeah, and all of our team, you know, they're on different journeys. Uh, some of them stick around uh, for a period of time. Some of them disappear. Some of them want to be actors. And, you know, we try and ask people to follow their dreams. And when I'm working in a site, I challenge them. You know, I just walk plainly walk up to them and ask them why they're here. You know, most of them look relatively confused if we haven't had that conversation before. But um, you just kind of go, is, is it a stopgap? Do you want to progress in hospitality? I fell into this sector. I never wanted to, you know, I didn't have... Uh, dreams when I was a 15 year old kid to go wow yeah you know I want to run a pub company yeah. um I was going to be a graphic designer all sorts of stuff you know yeah, yeah. that was my yeah. dream so 
yeah, so we challenge their dreams a lot. Um, when they're with us, we, we want them to give 24-7, but we also want them to give, um, we want them to change and alter the business and, and give their heart and soul to, to changes so we can kind of, yeah, develop and adapt the business based on what they bring to it. Um, mm, mm. So, yeah, a whole load of misfits, many different shapes and sizes. That's brilliant. I think it's fantastic. It's a great marketing uh, marketing strategy there. Um, I, I wanted to uh, really touch upon uh, Tim Foster, the person, more than anything else. <laughs> yeah, here we go. Um, and uh, uh, my starting point is that video that you posted. And um, what I want to do is actually I'm going to uh, we're going to show it on the, if, if it's okay with you, we're going to show it on the uh, on on the show so decided a bit of fresh air and um, boris i just wanted to send you a message whilst uh, this is my third all-nighter that i've pulled it's five past six in the morning uh, i'm coming to the park because I need to get a bit of fresh air, a bit of a break. And clearly, it would seem to have a little bit of a cry about what you're doing to the people that have created incredible businesses, trying to protect their people that, that have done everything with them. And right now, you're doing nothing for me. You guys have got to understand what pressure you're putting on hospitality and what pressure you're putting on people that have delivered millions, millions and millions to this government by going it alone and giving it a go. And you've got to start listening. And if you ask my wife, she hasn't seen me cry for the entire time that we're married. It's my anniversary today. And I should be celebrating, but I'm not. I'm trying to do everything I can to keep my business alive. I'm asking my people to keep my pubs open, to keep trading, because every penny that we take over the doors, every penny that we put in the till helps to keep them and keep their jobs not the buildings, not the business. I'm not shutting up shop so that I can keep hold of the pubs that are there. I'm trading to protect my people. And you guys have got to understand how severe this is because I've got 89 of them and I can't keep it going. I can't keep it going closed. I can't keep it going borrowing money on loans. I can't keep it going with a poxy business rate suspension for a year. It doesn't work for me. I've created incredibly successful businesses. You guys got to understand how serious this is and you're not listening. And it feels like you're not listening. So just wanted to send a message whilst ranting in the park, just so possibly somebody starts to listen and somebody starts to understand what we are trying to do. We're trying to protect lives. We're trying to protect people. And I know the same goes for this poxy virus but we need help and we need proper help so message from me tim foster yummy pubco but on behalf of all hospitality please stop listening now that we've seen the video uh 
and I want to touch upon the video at, at, at a particular point, not immediately, because obviously there was a lot of emotion there and there's a lot of authenticity, the way that you, you had um, uh, sort of expressed yourself. I want to actually take you back to the early years uh, in your teens. And there was an event that happened in your life that impacted you hugely. It changed your family. It rocked your family. Do you want to talk about that a little bit more? And, and yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, totally. So, yeah, my my use of LinkedIn was um, was was horrific. You know, I I jump on there and and look at a few stories, and you know, I never posted. Um, I'd catch up with what people were doing and see what my old team were up to, and you know, look fondly on the fact that they suddenly turned into VPs in different countries and uh, all sorts of you know amazing journeys. So that's kind of how how I used it, and then. Um, yeah, I suppose the week on the the build up to lockdown and actually being told to close rather than just don't go to a pub anymore. Um, we we were just working twenty four seven. I was kind of pushing through the nights and just trying to come up with different plans. And then I decided I kind of I I think I saw that it was all disappearing. Mm. Um, and I think I saw that I was going to probably lose everything, and uh, I couldn't really see to record. Um, for my kids to understand the journey. Um, when I was 15, my dad lost his entire business. Um, he was an auctioneer. He had created a business down in Brighton um, and run an auction house down there. Uh, we had an amazing childhood. You know, I, I kind of grew up on a farm in Warburton, which is in Sussex. Um, they, mum and dad, bought it. No running water. Um, you know, no heating, blah, blah, blah. Typical rundown down farm, but beautiful building, um, 25, 26 acres of land. Um, and you had to drive all the way down together. So they kind of went and, and just they started investing in it and put on a conservatory. And they had all of the pictures of, you know, we had a bathroom party where they installed a bathroom rather than us having to um, wash from a tap, which ultimately is, is what we did. So we and I remember the bathroom party because my younger brother, three years younger than me, went around and drank the remains of all of the glasses from the party and got so sick he turned green and threw up everywhere. <laughs> um, because he was walking around drinking all the booze. <laughs> so uh, that, and they, yeah, they, they invested and we had you know, massive sheds and I had horses and used to ride pony club horses and, you know, drive motorbikes around the fields and kind of went, want, want, went wanting for nothing, really, um, in the 80s, to be fair. And, um, yeah, had a, had a great childhood up until, yeah, the age of 14, 14, 15. So recession hit um and uh, he didn't adapt you know i think he he tried to think that we were going to come out the other side you know there was no ikea weren't really here you know and you kind of you either bought furniture antique furniture or you bought secondhand furniture and i used to go on the vans and clean out houses where people had passed away and he would walk in and buy the whole house worth of furniture and find a golden nugget somewhere potentially or you know kind of learn and cut cut from the cloth he was an amazing auctioneer um, and yeah, great, great lifestyle. And then recession hit. Um, he kind of didn't know how to cope with it. Um, the business started going backwards at a massive rate of knots um, to the extent where he you know, turned into an alcoholic um, and just kind of buried his head in the sand for me. Um, and he had bankrolled the house. You know, everything had been bankrolled on the business. So uh, we lost everything. We, the house went, bailiffs came. Um, I was there when, you know, they were standing at the door screaming at the bailiffs and not going to take the furniture. And mum went into complete and utter meltdown. Um, and he had kept on saying, you know, he had 
sorted out a cottage up the road and don't worry I've, I've sorted the cottage the kids will be fine we'll move into the cottage um we ended up going into a four berth caravan uh in the middle of winter uh, on Horham Park caravan site the only caravan <laughs> uh now you probably get a thousand caravans onto the same pitch of land um because nothing had been sorted you know we literally moved into the caravan and off, off we went so um we kind of lost lost the lot so yeah when that that week of build up towards kind of government work stepping in to help and there was no conversations around the furlough scheme and just we were just looking at this mountain of debt and you know having to close down and would we close for three weeks six weeks seven weeks could we could we afford to go through i kind of just thought you know what it's gone um so decided to make the video um and then in a yeah moment of just frustration and madness decided where where should i put it you know where should i record my story um i'd already got my linkedin account it was you know, it was an app on my phone um and just uploaded it um and and threw it on and then yeah and then i've decided i kind of then began you know, got a massive outpouring of support from people just saying look you know this is incredible and we're all going through the same thing and just getting so many phone calls and so many messages from people on on the platform just going dude you know that was incredible thanks so much for that and um yeah hundreds and hundreds of new connections so um and then a couple of days later i kind of got a message just saying when's the next one coming up and um i was like oh, no, I'm, what do you mean the next one and i'm like come on tell you know tell the story if you're gonna tell the story and you want your kids to to actually see what happened if it goes right they get to see yeah. what you've done if it goes yeah. wrong they get to yeah. understand it because my brother and i he's you know, as i said he's three years younger than me so when it was all happening he was 12 um 11 12 and he doesn't remember any of it you know and, and that was my my entire um fabric of the time of what i was doing was to protect him you know and, and he was my younger brother I would protect him, hide him under the bed, you know, when everything was going on um, and be there for him. Um, and um, yeah, I'm glad that of the events that happen, he just doesn't have them. Um, so kind of, I, I ticked the box there really. Um, but yeah, I wanted, I wanted my kids to understand just, just what had happened if everything had gone and, and we'd lost everything. Um, which you know we, we, we're still in the midst of this isn't fixed by any means um, but it's it's just something that was important to me and then yeah the stories began turning from kind of um, yeah this is this is a downward spiral to to what can we achieve what what can we do um, what can we be proud of and, and pretty much every day and then I've started running I've been getting messages from people so stop putting messages up of just after your run because I've been in the house all day and I'm really not interested <laughs> in knowing that you've just been running um, so I've kind of kept it going uh, not every day I've, I've done it every day for me personally um, so I've got uh, an everyday log um, I can look back on if I want to or I can yeah. show them um, yeah. I've just kind of I've, I've posted different things I think yeah just a little bit full on me whacking up the story every single day of uh of what i'm up to um so yeah i've just kind of i've picked and choose really and, yeah it's, and it's interesting um because i mean you, you that particular video got seventeen thousand four hundred and eighty seven views i mean that was pretty impressive yeah. and and i and i just want to go back to um you know the, the, the time when your father's business was in decline uh clearly it was a life-changing event for the family what was your emotion? What, 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 what were you, I mean, 
what were you, you obviously you're witnessing this this thing happening what was going through your mind at that time just it was completely full-on to be honest so you know every every day there was a new argument there was a new meltdown there was a new you know something was going to happen it was just terrific i've blanked most of it out uh, if i'm totally okay. honest i can't remember a huge amount of it i can remember key days um i can remember things that had happened um at one at one point he we had guns in the house because of being on the farm and at one point he had a 12 ball shotgun loaded up to his chin and he was going to pull the pull the button you know and that was it done and i remember walking up and taking the gun and you know he had it pointed at mum first and i put myself between uh, her and him uh, to try and make him understand and see sense um so yeah i remember those events i remember mum um, uh, taking uh, the dad's beaten up Volvo um, when the bailiffs came flying up the road, um, coming hammering down. He bought her a new Scirocco a week ago, week before uh, this has all happened. So you know, saying that he was living in the world of dream world was was absolutely true. Um, and uh, yeah, she came rearing down the road to total the the Scirocco with the bailiffs coming to pick up the brand new car. <laughs> uh, so there's. You know, Certain, yeah. certain events I remember, um, yeah. but the majority of it I blocked out. Uh, really fortunate. Uh, Mum had a, a guy I went fishing with all of the time uh, who died of cancer a couple of years later, and he he was there to protect us. You know, I would ring him at, at two in the morning and just go, I, I need help. Can you come and help me? And he'd come down and settle them down, and Dad would storm off somewhere, and Mum would still be in there. So, you know, without his support and without him being there, <clears throat> I don't know what would have happened. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, I yeah, I kind of I, I blanked it blanked loads of it out. Um I remember doing my GCSEs in a four birth caravan um <laughs> with two dogs. That was fun. Um and um yeah, we just we carried on really. So we moved from the, the caravan into into a house, finally got registered onto the dole or whatever it was in those days, and they paid for the house. Um and um yeah, obviously they were there to to try and protect us because we were both underage. Um, so they had to provide facilities to to be there for us. Um, but uh, yeah, he never recovered. You know, he, he just kind of continued to drink and um, just just it, it broke him. Um, and he died just just past fifty years old. Um, wasted his life away. He didn't get to see my firstborn. Finney was born about two months after um, he died. Um, well, not slightly longer than he died in August. So yeah, about six months later, Lucy just kind of turned pregnant, and we were celebrating that she was pregnant. So he gets his grandkids, um, and um, didn't really get to see life. You know, just uh, gave gave up on it and allowed allowed the business element of it to just destroy him entirely, um, and and just consumed him with failure. Um, so that then made me more aggressive in, in what I wanted to achieve and not make the same mistakes. Um, and yeah, kind of always having in the back of my mind, the lessons learned really, and, and always have them there. <laughs> um, it's interesting because I, I've gone through something similar. We talked about this off air, didn't I? Yeah, we did. You know, yeah, about 18 months ago. And I can resonate with a lot of things that you're talking about and, and the feeling of, uh, feeling of failure, uh, the feeling of, um, loss, uh, you know, I ran that business for 30 years. I took it out of my mother's garage and we, we made a huge success of it. Uh, took it to 42 million uh, annual turnover. And it, it, it really does strike you down. You know, uh, there, there are days and there were some very dark days that I could say that, you know, really questioned my own ability uh, as, a, as a man, you know, to, to, to function. 
uh, and support the family. But it's it's interesting because clearly from your experience, and I, I'm curious uh, to maybe to sort of slightly explore this a little bit more, is that if you look at the post and you look at your performance, to me, it seems that that experience has really, you know, sort of formulated you, formed you in the, in the man that you are and the determination that you have. Um, you know, uh, I, I see, you know, elements of your experience when you were posting and you were talking. I, I, saw, the, I saw the video today again this morning. And it, it, it really speak to me, actually, you know, the, those those events and you, what you were trying to do, I guess, was, I mean, you brought that that pass right in, I think, right in front. And that's why the emotion also perhaps came out. Obviously, you're worried about your staff and you're worried about your business. You'd work very, very hard. I mean, would you say that there's an element of that sitting in there and, and when you were when you were um, putting the message out? Yeah, so, um, <clears throat> completely. And it was a, you know, it was a self-fulfilling message, really. It was. It was something for me to look back on and say, did I did I do everything? Did I you know do everything to protect it? Because you know, like you say, we're we're proud people. You know, mm -hmm. so you can cut cut people as many ways as you want. You know, it yeah. takes somebody pretty special to not be proud of of what they do and um and you know wanna wanna look at that and not be a failure. You know, and and you read all the quotes about you know failure then breeds success and. You know, you, you have to fail or trip over to then carry on running. You go, Jesus, I don't know. The failure side of things is just terrific. <laughs> you know, who, who, who wants to go anywhere near that to then relearn again? Well, your personal success. Yeah, and on, on your on your uh, uh, LinkedIn profile, I, I, again, I did a little bit more research. So there's there's a post there on your personal profile, 2010, um, and you you put a picture there and says, um, I've got it here. Um, he describes, uh, or he, he dislikes failure deeply. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. That was my, um, my um, I'm redoing it actually. So I, Are I, you? Okay. So, yeah, I, um, I went through the, I've always been kind of um, conf, not confident. When I, I wish I'd had the confidence that the pub game has taught me when I was in the graph design university game. I was very timid and whether or not that was the, 15 year old me not recovering and you know I really struggled to make friends and because we you know we moved a lot you know I never had a core area where where I would live normally we'd move every six seven months um and same same area same school but it just always felt like I was always on the move and there was no point in making relationships because I'll be gone again um and um yeah so my um my um kind of regard for people when you look at me now to when you look at me when I did that profile I, I had one of the lowest scores that you could possibly get in the green sector to the point where the lady who was running the course wanted me to redo it because I was a line manager and she was like I don't think you can be a line manager if you've got this this green and you know you know I used to go out with sales directors and their phone would have a picture of their wife and children on it. I go, oh, Jesus Christ, you know, can I have something decent on there? My phone's now got a picture of my wife and my children on the <laughs> screen. So um, I think, um, yeah, having kids kids just changes changes you entirely. And 
yeah. you know, when people say that you have that emotional link or, or what happens, you know, when Finn was born, that was it. So for me, just just changes changed my my viewpoint entirely. So yeah, since I put that post up, actually, I've had about eight eight or nine different training people come to me, amazing messages, just saying, look, I'm a approved um, trainer within the profiles. Love to redo it and and do it if you'd want to do it on the house, you know. Um, and so yeah, so I've got sent a link for me to. Yeah. I was going to do it the weekend and have a chance to do it. So I'll redo it. But yeah, yeah, hates failure deeply, 100. percent um you know bull in a china shop yeah 100% afraid to not say anything yeah 100% um crap new things and new visions yeah 100%, 100%. Um, um got you know I, I kind of understand my failings as much as i know my strengths and build people around me that the help with the failing part of things is is part of the plan um and i've kind of i've i've been listening to quite a few different podcasts and stuff in the car and um, yeah, I think my my strategy or my approach to business will will change through this as well, um, through this kind of COVID period. So quite interesting to just kind of go down a, you know, what are you really, really good at? Why don't you just focus on that? And quite amazing the amount of people that have come to me saying that you should do some sort of people coaching thing from what we've seen on LinkedIn. That's where you, you know, and I look at it and go, no, 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 that's rubbish. But actually the videos that I began to make kind of, I don't know, days 14 through to 30, 40. It was more about kind of giving people some view, visibility on on what I was achieving that they could then do so. And, you know, I must have had 40, 50 people through LinkedIn send me a message just going, look, just wanted to say heads up, man. Thank you so much for this. You know, it's really helped me. And I kind of doubted myself here and here. And then I've had various telephone conversations like with you and found out about what other people's journeys are going through and just to chat for an hour, just to go, look, you know, do you reckon you can get through it? Do you, do you want to? Um, and it's been great. It's been really inspiring yeah. to yeah. kind of be, uh, be there and just, you know, I've not, I've certainly not fixed any problems. I've just been able to relate to them. And, yeah. you know, I had some pretty deep conversations early in the morning or late at night with some incredible CEOs. Um, who are just like shit? You know how 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 do we keep on doing this? Uh, what what do we do? And I, I don't know. I'm, you know, I'm I'm, I'm second guessing myself. Twenty four seven. If I'm honest, you know, I came yeah. up with a crap idea that I was going to get get fit and get ready, go running every day to encourage my guys to do training. You know, but you know what I, I what I see. I, I yeah, I see. I see actually. Aside from the coaching side, I see a. Uh, a man who uh, can actually be a, a quite an impactful uh, keynote speaker um, and somebody who um, has a command of his business and industry. But at the same time, you know, you can really recreate yourself on the stage, you know, TED Talks and that sort of stuff, because, you know, you've got that now profile and you can make a difference to people through that form of communication people can relate to you that way and i think that's a maybe an interesting thing that you may want to you'll enjoy it i think because you like sort of yeah. talking on, on on in front of camera uh, and you're yeah. good at it love, love doing uh, on stage yeah yeah never yeah. never, never filmed it before but you know yeah. just, just vlog it out there you know problem. yeah uh, yeah and and i think uh, one of the things that i would uh, describe you also is is is, is uh, that you've got a incredible fighting spirit and it reminds me, and I just want to share this with you. It reminds me of my dad. So my dad is in his mid eighties, and uh, he's he's got a stroke now. But so he was ethnic. His family was ethnically cleansed in in India um, in 1947, so in the partition. And his father was um, killed, hung, and their entire house was ransacked. And I've seen him 
and he's he's gone up and down business-wise four times in his life so this wow. is the fourth time yeah so i see a a, a, a sort of a resonance between you know your, your story and and his and you know his i always wonder what his winning formula was because he's really not openly spoken about the loss of his dad and, and what happened to him and i see you know in him uh sort of he just he just bulldozes he just you know without sometimes thinking about other people's feelings and that's his winning formula and he's been very successful um, in his life and in the same way i i uh, you know i i've identified in you you know that clearly you have a drive to protect your business i mean and that that comes from your experiences when you were very young and watching your dad i mean it's there and then not only protect your business protect your staff i mean the way you talk about your your team is really heartwarming um and then not only that it's also how you drive drove that business and uh, continue driving that business in progress in adversity and i think that's where your winning formula sits what do you think yeah i think um yeah probably i've always i've always been the yeah the, the bulldozer i will just smash through things and i really won't care about consequences and i don't care who i'm talking to you know i'm the guy that calls uncle luke uncle luke and luke johnson one of the most successful investors in our industry and when i so, see him I go, yeah, and, and just bring a bit of fun to it um and just yeah make people laugh through through what we can do and 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 push but yeah the fire I knew that already. You know, I was always the dominant one in in the relationship, and the three of us always have been, and um, kind of buffered with when we brought in a chairman, went kind of head to head quite a lot, just because of of how I do that, and you know, he he identified with me, and kind of didn't really have the same opinion. So I I would go head to head with him twenty four seven, and yeah, I over dominate the my my two co-founders, which I've learned how to try and not do because it, it, they just don't like it. And it's not fair to them. But when there are certain times when it just needs to damn well happen, you know, that's what I do. You know, with the fire, you know, everybody that rocked up on the Saturday morning, we I, I took two hard hats. You know, I literally the train station from me is about ten minute normal drive. Um, and when I got the message come through saying that the pub's on fire, one of my girls from our we had an office up here and she had gone down. And I just text back going, fantastic. You know, it was eight o'clock on a Friday night. We'd had a few beers. We'd just finished doing, bringing in a whole new mentoring team um, for my for my junior managers. I'd made loads of changes in the pubs. It was a great day doing one-to-one sessions with them all online because we didn't have to go to each pub. Um, and I've been working with a, a guy that I brought in who um, uh, I was were helping kind of get over his business. So he came in as a consultant into mine um, and amazing with people. So uh, we had just finished. I was like, right, I'm going to go and grab a couple of beers. You know, this this is this has been a great day. Uh, then to get that message, and then I just fired it back, just going, you know, fantastic, enjoy yourself, hope you're having a lovely time. And she literally then faced something, and she's like, no, 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 no it's on fire. <laughs> I was like, oh shit. Um, so um, called the taxi and just said, look, dude, I, I need to get to the train station. Can you get round here? I've had a few beers. And he was like, yeah, give me five minutes. I'm on my way. So I legged it to the back, to the shed. I picked up my chainsaw um, a hard hat and another hard hat that we got out there from decorating, shoved them in. They were the first things I thought of when I was packing yeah. a bag. Yeah. I sawed the pants and the socks and everything I needed, hard hat. Um, and Auntie and I stood outside the pub 
um, with hard hats on, table number one, we call it, which I bought from an auction um, when the original um, people that were running the Summerstown went into administration and I followed the the bailiffs with all of the furniture. They basically came in, took all of the furniture out of the pub, loaded it all into vans. I said to the HMRC bailiff guy, look, I'll, I'll give you two grand cash and uh, we leave the furniture where it is. Don't take it out. He's like, no, dude, it has to go to the auction. I can't, I can't give you, can't, I'll give you two, I'll give you two grand cash you tell them about and I'll give you 500 quid that they know nothing about. He's like, no, seriously, <laughs> we, we can't do that. We lose these contracts. So I was like, okay, great. I ordered a taxi and I followed the vans down to the auction gallery, walked into auction, auctions, auctioneer's son, walked into the auction gallery. I said, do you normally have pub furniture? He's like, no, um, camera shops, jewellery stores, that's our bread and butter when the bailiffs come in. I said, great, when's your auction? Tomorrow. Okay, what time? Four o'clock. Just went down there. I bought all the furniture back, the entire furniture back for the pub for 250 quid, uh, including this massive table that they'd had somewhere else, which we now call table number one. Uh, and on the Saturday morning of the fire, I took it outside, Blackpool painted it, wrote this massive story about the fire and that we were closed, blah, blah, blah. Anthony and I stood outside of it, had a picture taken with the hard hats on. And then every single person, insurance assessors, um, firemen, um, Peter Wells, who owns Charles Wells Pub Company, uh, literally hard hat, you know, hard hat. As they're coming right, okay, wow, you know, pubs, pubs relatively well saved, but roof's gone. You know, wow, stinks of fire. You know, we've got all this stuff. And we're like, yeah, you know, there are hundreds of thousands of litres of water currently streaming down the walls that were pumped into the room. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I was like, right, so opening on Friday. And um, property director from Charles Wells, lovely guy, um, uh, came down and he just looked at me because we've done quite a few projects with them already. And he just looked and he went, no. And I was like, <laughs> come on, what, what, what are you saying no to? And he went, no, we are not doing this. And I said, come on, Friday, get open on Friday. Um, and I just knew that the insurance company from all of the stories that we heard weren't going to pay, you know, and they would want us, they would want us in the ground and roll us before. So just every day, come on, come on, come on. Um, and then I went on holiday. Uh, we'd all had it all booked. Amazing holiday. Business was doing really well. You know, we first decent holiday that we were going to have uh, for the actually when it opens. Now we got, you know, a, a major, major, major fire. It should never have opened. You know, they should have had it closed for a year under any normal circumstances. And um, if we hadn't have opened it and started trading it, A, I saved the insurance company a bundle load of cash because they only had to pay me business disruption um, on the loss. So I've saved them hundreds of thousands of pounds, which nobody said thank you to me for. Um, but also we retained our customer base. And when people were coming in, we were going, you know, wear a hard hat. We're having a hard hat party. Everybody put a hard hat on. Uh, we had all the scaffolding up outside the building. So, yeah, literally, we'd, we'd just taken the scaffolding down about a month before all of this cracked on and uh, the sales were rebuilding and it just looked amazing. And I was, I was working in the site for three days a week uh, with the team and you know, we, our aim was to get it to a two, two million quid turnover site, which would make it one of the top 50 easy in the UK um, and to transform it from, from what we had. So, yeah, Berliner China Shop, 100%. Um, need to understand the emotional impact that has on people around me um, and I can't do it on my own you know I've, I've learned that that dad tried and he had mum there but um, he kind of he tried to do it on his own he never included her and never tried to let her know what was happening and your protective in instinct tries to do that I'm trying to do it with Lucy she keeps on wanting to ask you know I've lashed out at her a number of times during this period which I'm ashamed of um, 
and you know but you just get to a point where you break and you know this weekend I, I broke and um, I'm not this guy that's fully confident and everything's amazing and I'm brilliant and it doesn't affect me you know it has massive impacts and um, yeah Saturday I was just like do you know what you know I just I don't see a way out of this you know we had no information on the loan um, and time's running out we're getting nothing from the government nobody's talking to us I'd gone and hit the press really hard and just gone bollocks to it. Whatever happens, I'm opening on the 4th of July, even if I put, get put in jail. That then upset her because I'm saying that I'm going to go to jail and I didn't think about it, you know, didn't even consider it when I said it. Um, so, yes, I'm, I'm, I, that, that's the guy I am. And can I change? Probably. Do I want to change? No. Um, should, should, I, should I change? Probably. Um, <laughs> But yeah, just, uh, but you see, the thing is, the, the the beauty about your personality is that you're vulnerable, you're very self-aware, and you're you're not scared about talking about it. And that's that 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 is that is such a asset to have, especially in a guy. To be honest with you, um, you know, to you know, and it's not the stiff upper lip. You know, you you, you wear your heart on your sleeve, and uh, uh, and away you go. And and I think I think that's really good. I, I know from from a supplier's perspective, I would rather deal with somebody like that and tell me, put me in my place, and 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 tell me what he thinks, because those sort of people always are very loyal to those who are very close behind, uh, around them. And I, I that's what I found. So my next question is is what stops you? I mean, what 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 are you scared of? Uh, um. Good question. I don't think I'm scared of anything. Actually, I'm not. I'm not scared of. of yeah, I'm. I'm genuinely fear, not scared of anything. Fear anything. No, I think. Do you know what? I don't know if it's blagability. I've always been able to get myself out of tight situations. You know, and I. I, I just think that if no matter what happens, if I'm backed into a corner, there's a way for me to slip out of it. You know, maybe with a couple of scars, maybe a few bruises, but I'll, I'll slip out. So. And I don't know if I thrive on that, but I seem to want to do it a lot um, in my subconscious. I don't know why. Um, so yeah, I'm not. I'm not really scared. I, I am absolutely scared of losing everything that we've built and kind of being a failure and not making the right choice when I had the decision of, of either staying corporate or going it alone. Um, you know, I've certainly not built a business right here, right now that I wanted to have built for for 12 years of my life and working career. I uh, should have been a, a damn sight more successful than I am currently. Um, and I look back on that with an element of regret because there should have been some decisions that we made early days, you know, you know, um, that we didn't make because of naivety and, and not learning. But um, the, the stuff I have learned puts me in some great stead to, to rock it forwards. And, you know, if I look back over my shoulder and I didn't even know it was the anniversary of the fire until Ash sent me a message saying he uh, he was at a gig and I rang him. And uh, I was like, dude, the, the pub's on fire. I'm heading to London. And he was like, what? Why are you wait, wait, wait. And I, I, I didn't kind of go, go out of the gig and say, do you want me to come? Do you want me to come? I was like, no, you've been looking forward to this for ages. Enjoy it. Um, and it's um, been, been delayed. So he sent me a screenshot of it saying, that, that whatever it was, the rockets or something. He's massively into his music. Um and it was meant to you know, be on the same date. And I didn't even really think, I knew it was this sort of time of the, the month, but I had no idea it was the anniversary of it because I just don't look back. You know, I, I don't look over my shoulder. I always look forward and my memory of, of the past is rubbish. But if that's only two years ago um, and what we've had to come through within two years, God, what can I achieve in five? You know, what can I achieve in the next five, 10, 15? 
if I really, really put my mind to it. Because we keep on saying, oh, yeah, time's going so fast and there's not enough time to do stuff. And well, then when you look back and just sense check what, what a couple of years feels like, um, there's a massive amount of opportunity out there. You know, get ourselves through this bit, you know, and, and yes, it's delayed our plans hugely and it's delayed kind of what we're doing because we've had to kind of borrow some some massive amount of cash now with the civil loans. And there's a huge risk in payback for that. Um, but we're investing into the property, you know, and, and we can make the wire mill look incredible. Um, it's already beautiful anyway, but now with the opportunity of doing this, we could just go, wow, you know, we can create something that can trade all year, not just yeah. not just at summertime. Yeah. Um, so yeah, no, no, no real fear. Um, fear of personal failure, yeah. But I've made enough mistakes to kind of know, you know what, I, 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 I ain't great. Um, so um, I've, I've had plenty of failures already. Um, yeah, yeah, it, it, it's it, it's interesting because you know when you when you go through something like that, and uh, in your case, uh, you've actually invested a lot of time and effort in goodwill through your posting and you know, podcasting. So you've done you've done a lot of leg legwork where you've put your business on the map. So those people who are your you know really trusted loyal customers they're going to come back one way or another they're going to come back and 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 i see that you know because you've invested heavily in that that goodwill will always there's always a payback for that and that's that that, that really keep, i think keep you guys in good stead um you know from my own experience yeah and a rocking chair moment for me you know somebody yeah. asked god who told me that uh, probably five or six years ago maybe when i was being told off for something and not looking after people and <laughs> I think it was, you know, just remember your rocking chair moments. You know, what can you look back on in uh, fondly that you you achieved um, with with what the time that you were here and yeah, kind of those things. And that's why they're so massively important to us. And just just one making difference to one person. You know, I took out a birthday meal to some a couple that were isolating. I spoke to them for, for well over half an hour. The food was cold. I was just like, you know, Jay, Jay, and all of this work to make you um, make you the dinner. The pavlova is melting. Um, and if he's going cold and he was like, I don't care about it, you know, and he literally went into the house. He got a tenner because we had been talking about the kind of money raised for the, the elderly and isolated. And he got a tenner and he just came over and he just, you know, he gave it to me and he said, look, uh, just use it, use it for some good, you know, yeah. put it, put it to yeah. some good. And like, yeah, we can do that. You know, and he trusted me to do that and, and people have trusted us to do it and, and deliver through and kind of not pull the wool over their eyes or pretended to be doing stuff. So, yeah, the rocking chair moment for me in this period of time has, has been just phenomenal. And I'm so proud of what the guys have achieved with the homeless project. You know, like I say, I've not been there. You know, I've, I've prayed around with some beer and they, they've done it all. But it's our business that's facilitated it. You know, we we built it. They're my people. Um, it's their nurturing spirit that has made them want to volunteer and, and be part of it and, and be there. So um, I think they can take away some real pride and ownership of that as well for themselves for the future um, and, and realise that they were there to, to protect and help those people no matter what happens to them next. You know, that's that's part of their journey. Yeah, it's a great cause. I mean, I was I was looking at the posts uh, on, on the on the rocking chair memories and it's it's really inspiring. It's, it's very good. Uh, I love it. Um, your fitness regime. <laughs> what's the target on that one hey smashed it smashed it today did my one uh, my 1k target did uh 4 458 um oh, okay so yeah literally yeah. blew myself yeah. away I, yeah. and i i uh, it's the first time that i've gone out for a run um 
like proper early. So I thought, you know what, get myself into a bit more of a routine and structure. Uh, went down to the mill on Thursday, Friday last week um, and didn't manage to get out. Just got consumed by business. So I was like, yeah, it feels like this could happen. You know, as we build into the next two weeks, my regaining of an element of personal preference and, and stuff. And, and also just the fun fact that everybody thought I was going to give up. Do you know I mean, you know, the, the guys are like, there's no way you're going to hold this out, dude. Um, so my original that target stuff, was to get um, down. Um, I don't know if I did. Harry, I did um, a marathon. And there's a picture of my brother and I doing the marathon. He worked for uh, for Nestle Waters and Vitel sponsored us to go around and and I completed the London Marathon. It was amazing and I loved it and my feet bled and I lost toenails and, you know, I literally ran around a park twice in training. It was ridiculous and it was just sheer bullheaded, complete idiot that got me around and got me across the line. Um, and I couldn't walk for a week. I was done. I was in bed for a week, literally my legs seized up and Lucy was like, oh, you're completely and utter fool. <laughs> um, I was like, yes, yes, I am. Um, so the target is just to keep on going, actually. I'm really enjoying it. I'm, I'm really enjoying the, the personal time and um, listening to the music. I've got an amazing place to run. I'm not even bored of the route yet. You know, I'm, I think I'm up to 26 runs now in the 32 days, 33 days. Um, and if I can get out sort of four or five times a week, um, keep on. I, I'm beginning to get obsessed with beating my record. So, so this morning I put myself under quite a lot of pressure to match my average pace at 5:30 because I'd started at seven, whatever it was, 7:50. Um, and yeah, I hit. I hit a certain part on the run. And yesterday I ran much better in terms of running, right. um, but um, and kind of the, the, the ongoing bit. But the, today felt great, you know, and I've, I've been out early morning, um, already done it. I came back and Lucy was stunned that I was bringing her a cup of coffee at quarter past seven. I'd already <laughs> gone out for a run. Um, so there's a bit of a tick box there. Um, and yeah, just 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 enjoying enjoying it. I always That's knew brilliant. I needed to do it. And, you know, I look at my original photos and the chin and everything like that, and it's all beginning to disappear and belt buckles I've got two on. So, yeah, you know, really? when I get on stage and do my speech, <laughs> yeah. I'd look decent rather than some fat dude rocking up on stage. No, it's um, brilliant. And I, I think it, it, it very much uh, uh, resonates and, and aligns. You, you've aligned yourself with actually the recovery of your business, if you think about it from a psychological, mm. unconscious perspective. You know, you're both going in that you know, sort of same direction. So it's, it's a wonderful synergy that I see. Um, you know, we're coming to the end of the, the show and I just wanted to um, ask you uh, a final thought that I do ask my guests, parting thought. Um, I was gonna ask you, what did you learn from your father's uh, loss of business, especially, you know, his death in, 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 in your everyday life, um, in your business, in your personal life. I, I guess that may come, uh, come into the, so that final thought um for before we part yeah i mean i i went from being uh my dad was my hero you know and uh, he was i was so cool because i get to go to brighton and you know i was on a bus to brighton twice a week and i used to go and buy bb guns from the shops at 14 years old when you're meant to be 18 and i traded sweets at school you know he when he was at the auction galleries i used to go out with him in the car i used to buy 20 quids worth of sweets. I had 30 lockers, 20 kids at school working for me. Uh, all the kids would come off the buses coming into school and I'd flog them all over the suite. You make 100 quid a day. Um, <laughs> better more money than what I make now. Um, I should go back to school. Um, and um, yeah, the, the, the straw that broke the camel's back is I got caught with the BB guns because the kids realised that I could get them. So 
you know, bringing guns into school isn't necessarily a good idea. And no. uh, the replicas looked so much like normal guns. <laughs> and a uh, teacher spotted it, and then that was it. Um, got got kibosh and got completely bored. And Mr. Robinson, who was my headmaster, was like, "Dude, you're going nowhere in life." Um, and um, then when he actually uncovered the whole operation, which they knew nothing about for nearly two years. You know, I literally went through two years of school without being dobbed in by anybody. I was selling pencils and stationery and sweets, you know, whole, the whole thing progressed. Um, he was like, how, you know, how long have you been doing this? Not long. Yeah, probably a couple of weeks, a couple of weeks. Uh, and then like, further digging, further digging. He was like, you've had an operation in my school for two years employing 20 plus kids across all these lockers all over these different levels take it back you know so i think you're gonna have a great future um just maybe, maybe not in a not, maybe not in teaching yeah um so yeah so he went from my hero to i hated him absolutely hated him couldn't bring myself to go to the funeral went because lucy told me i would regret it for the rest of my life uh i've never visited his grave you know he's been dead for for 11 years, 11 plus years now. Um, and I put that guy into the ground and, and I forgot all about him. So um, yeah, if you kind of want to go into real deep cutting emotional stuff, he went from my absolute hero um, to every time. And, and I saw how he just changed in, in terms of character completely for me. Um, so my legacy is to make sure that doesn't happen with my kids um, and uh, <clears throat> that they will always, they won't always, you know, they're going to hit teenagers and Finn's going to hate me. But um Hopefully it's a soft hate rather than a, 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 a really core core hate. Um, at the moment, at the moment, you know, I'm a, I can play tennis like nobody's business. He's ten, I can thrash him. But you know, give me give him a couple of years, he's got yeah. me all done. Mate. He's he's yeah. fanatic. So yeah, um, so yeah, be there for them. Balance the the two together. You know, we've always I made a conscious decision to run this business to have a work life balance. It wasn't going to happen in FMCG. You know, I'd be a weekend dad. Uh, that was the choice that I had. The business pressures that were on me, um, and 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 expected within my role meant that I just wouldn't wouldn't be there. Um, and certainly trying to run the pub business and doing the um, FMCG business just wasn't stacking up as well as having uh, a family. So I I needed to make the choice. You know, and myself to Lucy was the car will go. You know, beautiful car, <laughs> all paid for, amazing salary, great benefits, incredible pension. Uh, yeah, yeah. Don't worry, it'll all be fine. You know, we're going to create this amazing business. <laughs> Trust me. Um, I keep saying that word. Um, and um, I drop it for a bike, and, and the car will be there in a few years. You know, don't worry about it. I've still got the bloody bike. So, um, you know, and that was nearly nearly ten years ago. So, yeah. Yeah. hasn't quite packed out how, but but my ability to have that relationship, and I've got friends who are weekend dads or were weekend dads until Corona arrives. The change I've seen in them is incredible. You know, and, and they've just gone. Wow, is this is this really what you've had for the last ten years? I was like, yes, it is. You know, I, I made that decision. Yes, I work incredibly hard. Yes, I go away. We don't live anywhere near the pubs, so you know, it's a, a hell of a journey for me to go there. But when I am here, I'm here. You know, and, and they can grab me whenever they need to. So, um, yeah, so I, I kind of that's that's the lesson from him, and and that's kind of again go back to the original video. You know, if it does all go, at least I know why. Um, and they will both understand. Theo's too young; he's six, um, so he will know what I've done or, or or tried to do and tried to achieve in that period of time. Um, hopefully, we get an announcement. We can start trading. You know, we're no, by nowhere near out of this. Um, but like you say, some fun with the suppliers. My job is to make uh, my suppliers 
uh, account managers look great in front of their boss. And that's why I say the first meeting with the boys. So just, you know, I had Diageo on the phone, video call the other day, and his boss actually joined in on the call. I was like, dude, what are you doing? I'm just, I'm going to tell you the story of how I make you look great in front of your boss. You don't bring your boss to the first introduction <laughs> on the call because then he knows all the secrets. Um, and yeah, I've, I've worked with brands brand managers enough to know that you make them look good. You know, they rock in with a three million pound Saatchi and Saatchi video. Yeah. Look what I've done. Look what I've done. <laughs> yeah. Like, did, did you? Did you do it? Oh, right, okay. Right, fine. Yeah, it's my TV ad. Oh, okay. Fine. Um, so, yeah. And, and we can kind of take those, those lessons with us. Um, and just a real balance between kind of like you say, just... <laughs> in the business you know we've got to be really open and transparent with all of our customers now um and just let them know everything which is why we're ripping through the whole building we already had a, a philosophy that if you wanted to look in in the back of house you could you wanted to come into a cellar as a customer no problem you wanted to come into the kitchen no problem and that was already our brand standard anyway um and we used to go mental when we kind of walked into a venue and go back of the house and just go guys come on what you know I know, I know you're 21 or 22, but really, you know, come on, have, have some standards. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. It's uh, a, a new journey is just about to begin, I think. I think so, and I think uh, we're all in the same boat, um, all of us. Uh, and yeah. you know, yeah, and and you know, we 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 talked about this again off air. That for me, my new normal was 2019. I've kind of acclimatized, and I was under like you under. A lot of pressure this this industry does that to you you know it, it just you know puts you under the cosh consistently so i'd say probably the last 10 years have been really really difficult um but last year was my my new normal and then so this year everyone's joined me <laughs> yeah and for you personally for you to be coming through it you've got to take your hat off you know it's like they say uh, only 80 uh, only 15 percent of businesses ever recover from a fire I think it's very similar to losing a business for directors and owners. I think, you know, you, you'll be in that niche bracket of somebody that's come through and not broken and, you know, part in that, that you've, you've, you've personally achieved that with the people around you. Um, and you should be incredibly proud of that. Yeah. The, the, touch wood. <laughs> thank, thank you. <laughs> uh, um, Tim Foster. Thank you very much for your time. I really appreciate it. I mean, I, I really enjoyed this one. I, I think it is fantastic. And thank you for connecting. Uh, Tim's details will be on the uh, uh, will be on, on the credits at the end of the podcast, and we will also publish them on uh, the post when we do. Um, thank you for listening. Look after yourself. Look after others. God bless.